time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! If you didn't hear that, that was boom. It was kind of, uh, it was kind of inaudible. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched The New Adventures of Superman. Man, Not the old man, ones. Man. The new ones. But they are kind of the old ones, ironically. Old. Yeah, they're yeah. very old. But they're not the oldest. They're still pretty old. Yeah, I guess that is a problem if you name your show with anything with new in it. Eventually, it's going to be old. Yeah, you're stuck. You, it should just be called Superman of the Appropriate Time Period. <laughs> the Current Adventures of Superman. No, because then that's the same as new, because then it's not going to be current after a while. Uh, you're, okay, the night, the 1960s Adventures of Superman is what exactly. they should have been called. <laughs> the new to 1966 Adventures of Superman. They'd be like, okay, that's understandable. You know what? Like, I was just thinking, like, Marvel Comics right now are called, like, everything is all new, all different. Like, all new, all different X-Men. Oh, and in like true. 10 years, like kids are going to be like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it's going to be all <laughs> old and all the same. <laughs> right? We grew up with these guys. Why Why would they be new? The New Adventures of Superman aired from 1966 to 1970, created by Lou Scheimer of Filmation. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, of course, were the original creators of Superman. Produced by Filmation. We would know them from Groovy Ghoulies and Ghostbusters. The Filmation version of Ghostbusters from the past episodes that we've done. This ran for four seasons. Technically, well, okay. The fans see it as four seasons, 68 episodes, but it did air around a lot of other DC shows at that time, which I'll get into in just a minute. On the CBS network, for a short synopsis, an animated series about the hero made famous in comic books and later in a live-action TV show. Superman, visitor from the planet Krypton and alter ego of mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent, has made it his mission to stop crime on his adopted home of Earth. So yeah, it's about Superman doing Superman stuff. When was the first Superman comic? Ooh, I don't even know. I want to say the 30s? It would have been Action Comics number one, I right? Mean, I, I think maybe it was the 30s because the um, Max and Dave Flesher Superman animated shorts were in the 40s, so... 1938. Wow, okay. Action Comics number one. Interesting story. The only person I'd ever heard of that owned Action Comics number one was Nicolas Cage. And it was someone broke into his house and stole it. And then he ended up uh. buying it back and spent almost his entire fortune to get it back and then went into bankruptcy. Oh, man. That is dedication. That's a sad story. Yeah, but Nicolas Cage is a sad actor, so. Oh, <laughs> but nobody deserves that. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. He's pretty devoted to comics. I will give him that. Here's another tidbit. His last name, Cage, actually comes from the character of Luke Cage from Marvel Comics. That's where he took the name Cage. Because his actual last name is Coppola. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is a, I think he's a a nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. 
Cage is a cool last name, though, so... Cage is cool. I mean, you got Luke Cage, you got Johnny Cage, you got Cage matches. <laughs> All of those things are cool. That's as far as our Cage knowledge goes. That's the extent of it. So, Chris, who are some actors from this series? Okay, so the voice of Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, was voiced by Bud Collier. The narrator and voice of Perry White and Lex Luthor, voiced by Jackson Beck. The voice of Lois Lane was voiced by Joan Alexander from 1966 to 1967. And then Julie Bennett from 67 to 69. And, well, I'm assuming that's supposed to be 70, but the the info I got said 69. And Julie Bennett is also the voice of Aunt May in the Fox animated Spider-Man series from 1995. Oh, cool. Which is cool because I kind of recognize that voice and I couldn't place it. That's apparently where it was. I kept thinking, oh, this sounds like the lady from Leave it to Beaver. But no, I was wrong. It's Aunt May. (laughs) Close enough, I guess. And then the voice of Jimmy Olsen was Jack Grimes. Here is a large, oversized marshmallow about this cast. So long before this cartoon, there was a radio production in 1940 called The Adventures of Superman. And all of the cast members I just named, except for Julie Bennett, who came later played the same characters for some part of the time on that radio show and then they were brought back again you know 20 something years later which you know that might not seem like a big deal to us but for our parents or grandparents generation that was probably a huge deal because for us it's like when kevin conroy who voiced batman in the animated series back in the 90s came back several years ago to do the arkham franchise like we were all like super excited about that and that's basically what this was for that generation so basically those were the actors that they probably heard in their heads when they read superman comics and 20 years later, they get to hear them again and get to see them animated. So that's really awesome. And this radio production was three to five times a week for seven years. That is insane. Wow. Like, I, can you imagine how many episodes that is? That is thousands of episodes. And one more cool tidbit. And this is about the radio show. And I only mentioned this because it's semi-important for history. And like, I'm not actually joking. At the time it was airing, the show felt like it was running out of bad guys and it needed something new for Superman to battle. And around the same time, there was a human rights activist whose name was Stetson Kennedy, and he infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan and a few other terrorist kind of organizations, but mainly the KKK. He infiltrated them to take them down from the inside. And unfortunately, while he was there, he found out that the KKK actually had some reach that extended into parts of the government and the police. So he has this information and he's like, okay, I can't pass it to the police. I can't pass it to the government because I don't know who I can trust. Oh, man. So he knows some of the producers from this radio show and he passes it to them. So the New Adventures of Superman chooses the KKK as their newest, like, basically bad guys that Superman is going to go up against. And they start leaking these secrets and secret codes and rituals that the KKK actually uses, because they're getting them from this guy, and they're using that in their radio production. So kind of like as the guise of just fighting the KKK for fun. So as a result, all of these secrets were aired 
And uh, the KKK took a huge hit in its clan membership because they were being exposed, basically. So it kind of became this, like, pseudo-spy ring, basically, which is really awesome. Like, I've never really heard of anything else like that happening in something that was pop culture. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. That was crazy that they were, that they took such a risk to do that just to leak that information out. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And like the, the KKK definitely tried to rally against this radio show. And I believe that the studio that did the show was owned by Kellogg's, which seems weird. But so the KKK started, um, they were launching this campaign against Kellogg's to try to get people to stop eating their cereal oh. and to stop listening to the show and stuff like that. Obviously, it did not work. So awesome. Man. Kick the yeah. KKK right in the face. <laughs> that was a big marshmallow. That's great. Everything that I save from this point forward for my marshmallows <laughs> is going to seem really dull. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to say it anyway, because these things are still important, though very small as far as scale goes. A couple of marshmallows that I have. One, actually, I thought this was interesting. This was actually the first cartoon that was produced by Filmation. Really? That's The very cool. first one. And what's hilarious, what I found really funny, it was in order to secure the license to produce the Superman cartoon, the founders of Filmation got several of their friends to set up a faux animation studio. They invited representatives from DC Comics to tour their fake facility where they saw what looked like a large, busy production staff. But in reality, the staff for Filmation was much, much smaller. Oh my god. (laughs) So, Filmation, they're my heroes now because. That's so awesome. They captured this license by faking it. Like, they put up like a huge fake studio (laughs) just so DC Comics would be like, all right. It's kind of like when we get accepted to do press at places. Yeah, which has happened recently. (laughs) I know. And people think we're much larger or more important than we are. This is what Filmation was doing long before us. So props props to Filmation for being able to do that. There's been several people that think that we're some kind of big podcast (laughs) conglomerate of some sort. We're really, it's like five people... (laughs) (laughs) That that all have, like, other jobs and only do this in their spare time and make no money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So I have a newfound respect for Filmation because of that information. I do, too. Like, I I can forgive them for that first Ghostbusters cartoon now. I like that first Ghostbusters cartoon. I thought it was interesting. Oh, man. Compared to Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Okay, it was better than Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. That was terrible. There you go. I'll give them that. At least they had a monkey and that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. An ape. Sorry. Yeah, an ape. Thank you. So bad at this. I don't know my mammals. <laughs> You're human, Chris. Human. Anyway, 68 episodes that appeared as part of three different programs during the time. And they were packaged with similar short features. These episodes were only about six to seven minutes long. They were paired with Adventures of Superboy. There were some with Aquaman and some with Batman as well. As far as on the Superboy goes, in the book Creating the Filmation Generation, Lou Scheimer recounts that in one of the earliest Superboy segments, the animators had included a scene in which Crypto the Superdog extinguished a fire by urinating on it. <laughs> He he says, luckily, he managed to catch this and had it changed before the segment aired on television. That's hilarious. But that would have been a great thing for the animators to sneak in there. It would have been even better if it was like Aquaman spitting on it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I have another marshmallow to add on to your marshmallow. 
It's one marshmallow stuck to another one, which is always really awesome when you get it on your spoon. <laughs> those are nice treats, yeah. Yeah, those are the best. When we were doing this cartoon, Joseph and I had a hard time figuring out some of the episodes because IMDB was reporting so many episodes and TV.com was reporting a different amount. The reason is because each season they changed the name of the show. The first season is The New Adventures of Superman. The second season was actually officially titled The Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure. And the third season was the Superman Batman Hour of Adventure. Oh, yeah. So that is why we, and yeah, I hadn't told you this yet. That's why we had so much trouble figuring out how many episodes there really were. It's because they changed the names, which is funny because we we never saw either Aquaman or Batman in any of the episodes that we watched. Well, because I think the way that they had it was kind of like Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Just go back to that for a second, where... The Slimer part of it was primarily Slimer, whereas these, even though New Adventures of Superman is what it started as, Superman still had these individual segments, 68 of them, and that's what we're watching is these 68 segments. So I'm sure there were parts with Superman in it that may have had Aquaman crossover as well, or maybe it was all just like separate Aquaman, separate Superman things. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I mean, those are all my marshmallows. I don't know if you had any more. I ran out of marshmallows. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah, so now we're all to the dry cereal. Yeah, Here we go. No, we just got the bran. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing to put in your mouth and the worst character in Game of Thrones. <laughs> all we're left with is those little like brown X's that are in Lucky Charms where it's like, oh. I don't even know what that shape's supposed to be. Where yeah, are you? It's the worst. It's That's the X marks the spot, but it sure doesn't hit the spot. No. I'll be here all night, folks. So do you have any memories of this show out of curiosity? No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) I mean, this was way before my time and your time. But I remember I remember watching the Super Friends growing up and I can see some of the Super Friends having some influence from this show. But I never did actually see this show itself. And uh, yeah, I guess that's really all I've got. (laughs) So my memories of this are, I mean, the only animated Superman features that I was aware of were the Flesher animated shorts from the 40s. And then the Superman is part of the Super Friends, like you said, and that was like from 73 or something onward. And then Superman, the animated series with Tim Daly as part of the Bruce Tim universe. Those mm. were the animated Superman that I knew. Superman, like I'm saying it like it's multiple. The Supermans. The Supermans. But yeah, I I didn't even know this existed. And here we are with this one. And this is our oldest cartoon that we've watched so far. That's true. It has to be because this was the first filmation. I think the other oldest one we watched was Groovy Groovy Ghoulies, Ghoulies. which was also filmation, but a little bit later. Yeah, that was like 70, I think, or 71, one of those two. Something like that. So let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order varies depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we start with episode number one being The Force Phantom, which sounds like a Star Wars movie. It does. I actually, like, I see Darth Maul in my head every time we talk about this. <laughs> in this one, when aliens from one of the moons of Mars invade Earth, they use a powerful enemy creature called the Force Phantom in order to destroy Earth's defenses. Superman, however, 
manages to defeat the Force Phantom, and in doing so, foils the invasion by destroying the alien spaceship. Well, that pretty much gave the whole thing away. Yeah, that's the entire episode. <laughs> uh, so the next episode... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is very much our parents' super... Oh, even some of the people listening, this might be your grandparents' Superman. Yeah. Like, this is the, the cheesy, happy-go-lucky kind of Superman... Definitely not the Superman that we get in the comics nowadays. This was, you know, wink at the camera at the end of the episode, Superman, which he did in every episode and that drove me nuts because that's so <laughs> fucking stupid. This one. Okay. One thing him as Clark Kent, he's got, he's got this super light voice and he's like, oh, this and this. And, <laughs> and then I liked his transformation into Superman where he's just like. This looks this like a time a for Superman. Like Superman. He, he goes like super deep voice. I still think that it's hilarious how unrealistic it is that just a pair of glasses can throw everybody off from your identity. And they even do it in the movies now. Even in Batman v Superman, his only disguise is those freaking glasses <laughs> and, and just the clothes that he's wearing. And that is enough to throw everyone off, even though the camera... Is on Superman's face all the freaking time. He's always on the news. No one is figuring out that it's Clark Kent, even though he looks exactly the same, just wearing glasses. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be one of those things that that's an argument that goes down in history of people uh, who are like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And really, it, makes it doesn't. No sense. But it makes no sense at all. You have to accept it. I mean, he doesn't even pull like a flash where he's like constantly vibrating so you can't see his face or anything. Right. He's just, he's there. You can see him. It's like, oh, hey, Clark, what's up? Like, why are you dressed like Which Superman? He, he could do that if he wanted to. They did something similar to that in the Smallville show um, where he would purposely blur his face. But anyway, another thing is that every time he changed into Superman, he would go into this like closet, like a janitor closet or a back room or something. And then he would be like, this looks like a job for Superman, like you yeah. said. But here's the thing. Like, why is he saying that out loud? For one, if anyone walks by that closet, they know who Superman is. <laughs> they know it's Clark Kent. And for two, he's talking to himself, which is kind of weird. <laughs> he talks to himself throughout, though. Even when he's flying, he's like, up, up and away, or forward, <laughs> back. Right. Like, he always has to announce which way he's going. Away! Downward. Like, I wonder if he's, like, if it, when he's in that closet, if he's giving himself a pep talk. Superman. Like, he's ding, ding, like, ding. it's, you know, it's a Monday. He had to change a flat tire on his way to work, and then he got to work. And he's got all this stuff left from last week, and the coffee was burnt. He's just having a shit day, and <laughs> something's going wrong, and he's like, man... I really don't want to do this, but this looks like a job for Superman. And then he goes and does it, like giving himself his little pep talk to get out of that closet and just do it. <laughs> like, maybe that's why he's he says that. I don't know. <laughs> that's the only reason I can come up with it. I'm sure there's so much thought that goes into it. When in these seven minute episodes where he's fighting a large creature of pure light energy, I guess. Yeah. With these weird aliens who are like... The aliens are stupid. Here's the thing I liked, though. I liked <laughs> that the alien was made purely from the um, electricity or energy from the almost the engine on their ship. So I like how it was animated. I like yeah, how they animated that creature, for sure. It has, it has a limited amount of power, and it is tied to the amount of power that their ship can propel from that generator. 
And I thought that was a neat idea because the only way to really beat it is to match its strength and surpass it so that it has to propel more than it's able to. And that's what ends up happening. What I also found interesting was that in this episode, Superman does not care about life. He's just like, (laughs) well, I've overpowered them. They blew up. Oh, well, such is fate. Just kills them. And he's like, well, not my fault. (laughs) <laughs> and the, the only reason I bring that up is because in in the next episode, he's concerned about life. And I'm right. like, well, you didn't care at all about the aliens yeah. before. It's only specific life, I guess. Yeah. He picks and chooses. <laughs> like, he didn't bother to use his x-ray vision this episode to check and see if there was life in that ship. Now, there's a lot of uh, interesting tropes in this episode in particular, too. And, and some of them continue through the other episodes. But one is that in between scenes... You hear a guitar slide and you just see these colors on the screen, which is hilarious because that definitely just shouts 60s to me. And then we have an announcer telling us what we're seeing on the screen. Like if like the aliens are like shooting something at Earth or something like the aliens are shooting this towards Superman. And it's like, yeah, we know because we're seeing it. (laughs) We're literally watching it right now. And I'm assuming that that came from the audio show that they did 20 years prior, that mindset of having the narrator, I'm guessing, carried over from there. But if not, I just wonder why they did it and why so many cartoons after that, especially Super Friends, carried on that tradition. Because I'm like, we're seeing it, so we don't need somebody telling us what we're seeing because we're seeing it. I think a lot of it was because the episodes are so short that they felt that they needed at least brief narration to tie things into it. So so it'd be like, there's no misunderstanding. You know exactly what's going on because you're being told as it's happening. Did you catch all the awkward pauses in this one? Because there was a lot. There were a lot, yeah. (laughs) My favorite was when he was fighting the monster and he goes, Oh no, you don't! Whoever you... (laughs) Are yeah. <laughs> what happened? Did he forget his line? Like <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of him saying like "Great Scott" or "Great yeah. something." It was always he says "Great, great something. Scott" a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Away, G Willikers. It was yeah. just stuff like that. Like he's Some saying G. a Willikers lot sure. of like classic. Goodness gracious! Yeah, goodness gracious! Yeah. The other thing that was kind of weird was it was all like big band, like orchestral swing music, like throughout <laughs> all these episodes. Like something you would hear from like I Love Lucy. Da, da, da. Yeah, it was a little strange. <laughs> Maybe but. not that, but yeah. I I don't know if there's much more to say about this episode. Obviously, he overpowers this light beast by, as I said before, overpowering it. And it blew up the <laughs> generator, blew up the ship. He didn't care. Blew up the aliens. And yeah, he didn't care. And things continued as normal. <laughs> So that'll jump us into episode two, Night of the Octopod, season two, episode seven, which was the highest rated episode where an octopod machine comes out of a flying saucer and threatens a rocket base near Niagara Falls. I'm not going to read the rest because it's essentially a description of the entire episode. Can you just quickly explain to me what an octopod machine is? Because I don't know. An octopod machine, just from the sounds of it, would be a machine with eight limbs of some sort. And that's, I guess, what this was. Did it have eight limbs? Yeah, it did. I feel like it did. Yeah. It probably did. I think so. It was basically like a detachment from another spaceship, which I guess is from Mars. I think Mars just has a thing against us at this point. Mars is attacking because Mars attacks. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 
My favorite part about this episode before we go any further was the electric eel. I'm just going to say that and I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> that electric eel just almost screwed over Superman. There's a little eel just minus him. And I think it dies. We'll get there. But So, okay. So oh, Superman, God. there's this UFO with an octopod who is threatening the invasion of Earth. Superman goes up there and he's like, no, you don't. He uses x-ray vision to check. Fortunately, there's no life this time, which he's very concerned about this episode. For some reason, he grabs the octopod and starts swinging it around and I guess throws it back towards Earth instead of throwing it at the ship. In this episode, things don't explode once. They explode multiple times. Oh, yeah. So the spaceship exploded four times. (laughs) I counted this. I went back and counted. Wow. The spaceship explodes. There's four explosions. So the spaceship explodes four times over. And he throws the octopod. I would think that he would have thrown it at the spaceship, but instead he throws it back towards Earth for some reason. Or at least like at the sun. Don't throw it at the like if if he if this were realistic and he threw this at the Earth, that thing, the rate it was going would have slammed into the Earth like a meteor, like dinosaurs dying style and wiped us all out. And then freaking Superman would be feeling salty. <laughs> for for not paying attention to his actions. Yeah, yeah. And so and so he threw it back towards Earth thinking I guess it exploded or it died. No concern about the life on Earth either, but it was fine cuz it went in the ocean and didn't cause any waves of any sort until <laughs> not even a ripple. Until the nefarious electric eel comes up and accidentally <laughs> brings it back to life by electrocuting it. <laughs> the electric eel shocks this machine. And then it looks like it dies because it just floats down to the bottom of the sea (laughs) and then the octopod comes to life. And this machine, its whole thing is to sap the electricity, kind of like the previous Force Phantoms thing was to to, uh, suck energy out of missile bases. Everybody likes to suck energy in this (laughs) cartoon. There's a lot of energy suckage. A lot of sucking. And so, yeah, the octopod wants to take all the electricity from... Whatever source they can find. Ooh, yeah. So um, Superman goes back to being Clark Kent when this takes place. And he's back in the Daily Bugle and their power starts flickering. Now, this brings up an interesting question for me. So the power goes out and Clark Kent is kind of talking to himself. And he's like, oh, I, I better investigate that. And I'm like, what is Superman's cutoff point? I mean, he if there's aliens evading, he's like, this is a job for Superman. If your power goes out. He's like, this is a job for Superman. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, if if somebody misplaced their car keys, would <laughs> Clark Kent run to the closet and be like, this is a job for Superman? It looks like there's ice falling from the sky. <laughs> this must be one of Luthor's schemes. I must investigate. Right? Like when? Uh, when? What? When does he stop? Someone needs to stop him. This is too much. Yeah, he, he needs to take a break sometimes. The power just goes out, man. Just chill. Chill out. It uh, he's talking to Perry White, I think, at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And power goes out, and he's like, well, th- I got to research this. And so he does, <laughs> and uh, comes across the Octopod once more, starts to fight him. I-, I think it's winning at first, kind of, not really, but then it yeah. captures him in its in his grasp and then shoots some electricity at him, but he's like, shrugs it off and he's like oh well and then right he's like oh yeah i'm superman i forgot and then kills it nothing hurts me there's kryptonite's not brought into this at all to my knowledge nope and so he 
makes the octopod short circuit itself by shooting its electricity beams into each other. Yep. And then the octopod explodes 14 times. 14 times. That took a while to count them all because it flashes so quickly. So yeah. I had to go back and it was 14. Wow. So that was a much larger explosion than that four yeah. times spaceship. Definitely. So Octopod is destroyed 14 times over. <laughs> so at the end of this, he goes back to Perry White again. And Perry White is having trouble with a lamp. The, oh. the light's flickering on the lamp. And he's like, oh, I don't know what's going on with this lamp. And then Clark Kent's, he doesn't say it's a job for Superman. And then he winks at the camera, indicating the episode's over. So now we have found our limit. He will investigate a blackout and alien invasion, but he won't investigate a lamp that's flickering. He's no electrician. So let's go ahead and jump into the last two episodes that we watched, which were Luthor's Lethal Laser. Say that three times real quick. Do it, do it, do it. Luthor's Lethal Laser, Luthor's Lethal Laser, Luthor's Lethal Laser. Oh, you did did okay. I kind of did it. Let me try. Luthor's Lethal Laser, Luthor's Lethal Laser, Luthor's Lethal Laser. I can't do it. You couldn't even make it through two. Nope. I I slur too much anyway. Oh, this is season three, episode one and two. And it was our choice because we thought the title sounded funny. That's literally why we chose this episode. Even though we couldn't say it. Yep. (laughs) Not twice anyway. So Lois and Jimmy are trapped in a rocket by Lex Luthor. They're sent to the moon where Luthor has constructed a secret base. That's the initial synopsis of it. Nice. My favorite thing about this is... This is actually kind of terrible. <laughs> the announcer in the beginning, like giving the setup, basically, he's talking about Clark Kent. And then he's like, and his partner, girl reporter, Lois Lane. Yes. I, <laughs> like, yes. girl reporter? What girl is that? Girl reporter. <laughs> Why are they calling her girl reporter? They might as well have said, and his partner, inferior reporter because she's female, right. Lois Lane. <laughs> yeah, so you can tell this is an old cartoon based on how they approached Lois's character there. And Jimmy Olsen, every time he opens his mouth, I get sad because Jimmy Olsen's like, golly, yeah. jeepers. He's I'm like, very, Shut up, very classic comic, Jimmy Olsen. Luthor sets the weirdest trap ever of a spaceship landing on Earth to attract specifically Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane so that he can capture them and take them to the moon, his moon base. Right. How did he get a base on the moon to begin with? Who knows? And how does Superman not know about this already? How did he expect Superman not to come to the rescue right away? Like, there's so many questions. But my favorite part of this was his partner. His partner essentially looked like uh, Remy from Ratatouille. Yeah. That's what the guy looked like. And then his name was like Kinky. Is Kiki. Kiki. Was it Kiki? Okay, I, I hope it was Kiki. But Kiki. E- either way, that's not a threatening not a henchman good name. name. For a henchman. No. Yeah. It's not intimidating His name at all. needed to be like Spike or Muscles or something. Because Yeah, because Kiki is a common nickname that girls in high school give to themselves if their name starts with a K. Because I knew like three girls in high school that thought it would be cool to give themselves the nickname Kiki, and it was never cool. So or, definitely not cool for an adult male to call himself Kiki, especially <laughs> if he's embracing a life of crime. Especially with Luthor saying, like, Kiki! Kiki, we're going to foil Superman. But anyway, this henchman is Kiki. He's the basic thug henchman. He's like, duh, boss. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah, absolute <laughs> idiot. Duh. Like, this, this gives you, like, all the stereotypes you can imagine in an oh. old cartoon. How about the part where... Okay, so they're trapped on Luthor's base in a cell, Lois and Jimmy are, and Kiki tells him, he's like, 
good luck lifting that 600 pound door. <laughs> right. And then they're like, wait a sec. Since the gravity is six times less than the earth and the math makes sense, I guess. But I don't think the logic makes <laughs> I sense. I was going to say, I don't think there's logic there. But Jimmy Olsen's like, that means it's only 100 pounds. We can yeah. lift it. We can lift 100 pounds. Jeepers. And and you just hear them making these like, uh, 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 <laughs> to lift it up. They open it and just walk out. Yeah. So this is my favorite part of this thing. Their cell is in a rocket. Yeah. And Luther and Kiki are wearing spacesuits with helmets because you can't breathe in space. There's no oxygen. However, the little jail cell that Jimmy and Lois are in, there's a window with no glass and just a few bars. bars, yeah. Exposing them to space. And they're (laughs) totally fine. Yeah. Like, it's just completely normal. It's not acknowledged whatsoever, except for at one part, Jimmy even grabs the bars with his hands, which shows you that there's no glass there. They're just literally, they're, they're exposed to space and there's no consequence. <laughs> Only protected by the bars. Right. And Luthor even says, like, good luck escaping because you can't breathe in space. Right. <laughs> Overlook that one a little bit. This being a two-parter, at the end of this one, Lois and Jimmy are caught in a crater and Luthor is threatening to blast him with his laser cannon, which he has been using to attract Superman by blasting the um, polar ice caps on Earth. Why would that be a good idea? For one, I mean, I assume Lex Luthor's plan is either always to be rich or to take over the world. If he melts the polar ice caps, there's not going to be no world for him to take over. And if he's taking over the moon, congratulations. You now rule Kiki, Lois, and Jimmy. <laughs> that's it. He pretty much can take over the moon just by saying, the moon is mine. The and moon's that's mine. It. He has, no <laughs> one's going to contest him. Right. So. And and then he's like, why, why does he think that luring Superman would be a good idea? Well, because he wants to trap him. Yeah, no one's going to trap Superman. It's I, I Superman. Don't, I don't get what his... Well, I, I guess I do get what his trap was, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Weren't they wanting to shrink him? Or yeah, something? jumping into episode two of this one, he is teamed up with Brainiac. Who has the worst voice ever. Oh yeah. my god, that he's was controlled by He's controlled by this dude. I don't remember the dude's name. Some but random mad scientist somewhere. Some random mad scientist. Skyping with him. <laughs> yeah. He's Skyping with Luthor through Brainiac. <laughs> Brainiac's thing is just a shrink ray. And his idea is their their grand scheme is to shrink Superman down to size with the rocket ship that he comes in on. I'm thinking like even with Superman at a, at a smaller size, he's still going to be really strong. He's going to be like Ant-Man powerful. Yeah, at exactly that point. what I was thinking. Like I was just thinking of Ant-Man. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Ant-Man. I mean, he still has the force of like a bullet hitting you. So Superman, who is stronger than Ant-Man to begin with, way stronger, would still be like a bullet going 20 times the speed as it usually does hitting you. Yeah, so his plan was not well thought out. Nope. I, I didn't see where Superman escaped the ship, but at some point he did before it shrank. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he did either, actually. So he just kind of comes into the floor. It's like, I'm here yeah. and I'm still large. Then he gets Luther and Kiki shrunk. And then they're like, Superman, don't step on us. Oh, Superman, don't step on me. <laughs> one, one thing that I thought was really funny is at the end of the first part and end of the beginning of the second part, when Superman is flying into space towards the moon, he goes through this asteroid belt 
And as he's he's flying, he's just punching these asteroids. Oh, so just much left and right, and that's just he just keeps doing it as he flies, and it looks ridiculous. He's not trying to fly around him, and all he's just like punch, punching punch, right through him. They punch, explode, punch, punch, just punch. turn into dust. Yeah, it's really funny. Also, Luther's head is really fat in the second part. <laughs> yeah, like, when he's sitting on the ship. Yeah, yeah. The, the first scene we get of Luther in the second part, like, there's so much more space to the back of his head. Like, <laughs> it's not proportional at all. It's huge. Yeah, he's like a slug <laughs> in the second episode. <laughs> he really is. It's so it's big. Like the lack of gravity has really misproportioned <laughs> his body. It's so gross looking. <laughs> so, yeah, as you said, they get shrunk, Luthor and Kiki, his reliable henchmen. and. Uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, that's um, Superman. Oh, there's the wink again. Oh, yeah. But before that, Superman, like, picks them up. And <laughs> I don't know. Is this an insult? He goes, all right, you shrinking violets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the hell is that supposed to mean? When Lois is like, oh, they're so cute. And he's like, they're going to be cute when I take them back to Earth and put them in prison and they grow back to normal size. It's like, Superman, that was a terrible setup. Like, why would he think that's cute? That's yeah. gross. Maybe he said they won't be so cute when I do that. I don't oh, remember. Oh, that could be. That would make more sense. What was his wink at the end? I can't remember. Oh, no, it was. Okay, so they go back to the office and Lois and Jimmy are like, okay, we're back. And... They're talking to Perry and he's like, all right, I don't want you moonlighting or anything like working for other companies. They're like, eh? And then <laughs> wink. Yeah. And then Clark's like, what are you two talking about? And they're like, Clark, you wouldn't understand. And he just oh, winks at the yeah, camera. Oh, every freaking episode, that stupid wink. <laughs> God. Oh, oh, real quick. During the I think it's the first part that guy that busts into the room with Clark and Perry and starts telling Perry what's going on has the worst voice ever. And I can't understand anything he's saying. <laughs> he was just in it for like five seconds of this entire like series. He's just a guy who busts in the room. He and just tells busts him. in the room and starts talking and it. His voice is ridiculous. Well, with all that said, Chris, I think it's about time for us to fetch our inner kids from Luthor's moon base before they accidentally melt the polar ice caps and see what they thought of the new adventures of Superman. I never really liked Superman because he's such a goody-goody and Batman could totally take him down. Spoiler alert. Wait, what's a spoiler? I don't know. Anyway, this cartoon was kind of cheesy, but it reminds me of old comic books, which are neat, and I really like Lex Luthor and his awesome, evil, schemey voice because it's really fun. <laughs> And I give this cartoon three bowls of faster-than-a-speeding-bullet cereal out of five. Your turn, Joseph. Away! And I just, I winked, but you can't see it. Thanks, little Chris. For as silly as this cartoon was, it honestly did succeed at capturing the essence of the sometimes equally corny source material. While absolutely a product of its time, and a product of filmation... I had a great time watching along just to see how they managed to fit these macro-scaled adventures into these micro-length episodes. With all that said, I would give the new Adventures of Superman 3.5 bowls of kryptonite crunch cereal out of 5, and I can't wait to see the diabolical electric eel make his villainous return. It's Superman! Super Super Superman!
That's the worst song. I would totally eat Kryptonite Crunch cereal. It sounds great, right? Just green Captain Crunch. And I bet it would still cut the roof of your mouth. (laughs) Oh, of course. So do you have any other final thoughts about this show? Uh, Final thoughts. You know, I did have fun with this show, but only because of how corny it was. I think that at the time, if I had watched this as a child, it reminded me a lot, like you were talking about earlier, of the Super Friends series of the same time period where... It's especially corny, but so were the comics back then. So you have to look at it through that lens because it's a reflection of that source material. So I can respect that much. I don't think that it was necessarily disrespecting the franchise at all or anything to that degree. So overall, for its time, I really liked what they had to offer. And I had fun watching it just because of how ridiculous some of the schemes were. And especially that electric eel that... At that point, <laughs> I knew I knew I liked this after I saw that. And I was like, no way. That is such a stretch. I definitely enjoyed the series. Okay, so since we talked about how corny this is, did you take away that this show would be a violent show? Do you think this was violent? I think that there were exploding aliens and there were a lot of punches, but that's about it violence-wise. The reason I asked that, and this this is kind of a marshmallow, but I wanted to wait till the end. This show, after its few seasons, was canceled because a group of parents got together, basically, and said, the show is way too violent. Kids can't watch this. They put this petition together, and they protested, and they got the show canceled because it was so seemingly violent. There was, like, hardly any violence whatsoever, like, aside from exploding machines. Maybe an alien was in one of the machines. That's about it. I mean, like... We didn't really, at least the episodes we saw, we didn't see much else. And it was so corny and cheesy, and it was the 60s. So I can't imagine that there was really anything that we would equate now as violence. So it seems ridiculous. But, I mean, this is the same kind of stuff that all the, like, Comics Code Authority came from. Mm. Was people like, oh, this is corrupting our youth. Comic books are horrible. Nah. Yeah, unfortunately, that befell this show, and that was what caused it to end. So... But, uh, you know, what? like as corny as this was, it still had some charm to it. And that might be a little bit of nostalgia talking for having watched the Super Friends and things like that when I was a kid. And I wouldn't continue watching it, but I can't deny its importance in how I can see other cartoons came from this because I feel like this was probably the first of the real superhero cartoons. So I got to give credit where it's due. Kudos to filmation and this show i give you my kudos and that's the highest award i can give and kudos to filmation for going out of their way to make that fake office just to make this show happen that is awesome that's reason enough to like this show they just want a lot of respect well listeners it looks like our milk supply has now run dry so it's time for us to say goodbye and next week we'll be watching erased Submitted by We Are Sibs via YouTube. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Superman. Dun, 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 <laughs> it's Superman. I don't know the rest of the words. Saturday. We'll see you next Saturday. Away. Presented by Nerdsloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdslot so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. 
If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.